Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Four Transplants and a Microphone. Don't let the name fool you, we got three transplants with us today. We are broadcasting kind of live from the Fox and Hound in Burkdale. Oh, we're not dead. We're not dead. We're well. kind of alive, but Burkdale and the Fox and Hound in Burkdale. Mostly uh, dead. Yeah, mostly dead. So we've got another business topic today as we are going to kind of delve into AI and Woo. some of the things that have jumped up about that. but. What does it mean? Where is it going to take us? And how do we fight the machines? Yeah. So we'll uh, try we, not to go down the yeah. Terminator rabbit hole. Yeah, we'll yeah. try not to. Well, yeah. But a real quick uh, introductions around the table. I am Brian Johnson, owner of Maine & Johnson. Jack Tompkins, Pineapple Consulting Firm. Brandon with Superior Data Solutions. And you can look him up just as Brandon. Yes. Avenia. <laughs> <laughs> just Google Brandon. It'll be him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no other phrase around Brandon that would, <laughs> would come up first. Let's see everybody else underneath. <laughs> so, okay, so like realistically, I know as we get into this subject, there, there's varying levels of knowledge and expertise in it. But at the very least, we've all been aware that like AI is out there. It's to the extent that it becomes useful, harmful. What does it all mean? So, what yeah, are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think people know how much AI is currently being used. They only hear about it in, yeah. you know, headlines and stuff like that. But AI is being used across the board in every yeah. big business that there is out there. It's I mean, being utilized. We do use it, too. I just can't explain it. So, <laughs> it's the wizard but, behind the curtain. No, but yeah. like, so we got affiliated with a kind of like a personality assessing system. And they have a way where it's like a, I think it's a Google plugin, but it can work on LinkedIn. And you use it, and it can read a message that somebody sends you. Or if you decided to, a post that somebody made, which I wouldn't recommend posts just because they're usually not by the actual person, but the comments usually are. You can see what somebody comments, and then that can be drugged into the AI, and it can tell you their personality profile by how they wrote their comment. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And then when you go to respond to them, it'll tell you how to respond to them according to their profile. Look, it'll correct what you're typing and give you suggestions on how you could retype it to make it sound more appealing to that person. So like on LinkedIn, for example, like when you're trying to connect with somebody, it's kind of an interesting tool because you just like go boom and then you're speaking to them sort of in their language, if you yeah. want to call it that. It's, and I like that example too, because like, so Brandon and I were talking about chatbots. Like if you're on a website, it probably has a chatbot. If it has a chatbot, it's probably an AI. Right. Unlikely. Right. So that's a very, like, I think most people are aware of that, at least to an extent. But, like, the thing with Brian is, like, it gives you the template and then says, all right, here's how this might make sense based on their profile. This is a good thing to respond. And then the actual human does it and says, okay, I'm going to put an exclamation point instead of a period, then we're good to go kind of thing. So it has that final check. I think one of the, one of the big things that's been happening, and I talk about this a lot in my business because... People think of data and they think of machine learning, they can think of AI and all this other stuff. And like super cool, super interesting. And it's definitely in place at the corporate level. It's kind of in place at the medium level. It is a little tiny bit in place at the small business level. So I always say, we're not that, you know, we don't do that. We Check deal with, is AI. <laughs> I'm not a real person, but we don't deal with that. Like most small businesses don't need that from a data perspective. It's becoming much more usable though. And like 
things like chat bigger, GPT. It's, it's bigger trends. Right. And one of one of the things I actually read is one of the hurdles small businesses face is they don't have enough data points to even put in AI to make it worth it. They actually need to take data points from a bigger business and see what the total market trend is. They can't really apply it to a smaller business just because they don't have enough data points to give a good analysis of what truly is happening in the market. So they have to actually bump up to a higher level and kind of get, which kind of is a good and bad because it may not relate to you directly, right. but you might get a macro trend of the market, but just a small business just doesn't have, I mean, even if you had a thousand customers, it's not enough data points for AI to take into account and give you a, nothing that a spreadsheet and a dashboard couldn't do. Right. And much plug. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. Dashboards are much better than AI. I think that's the <laughs> main bullet point. Yeah. But no, it's just like, you're right. <laughs> so like a thousand data points, like that sounds like a lot, but like chat GPT has 500,000 and they can do a lot, but that's scratching the surface. Correct. That dash. is like the least amount that any, yeah. uh, public AI I think has yeah. its data points. So it's like I said, it's crazy what it can do because to have, I mean, like in our industry, for security operations centers, they have, basically they ingest every file from, not file, but log from its antivirus. So if an end user has antivirus, or would they have to have a SOC? It takes that and analyzes all of it for threats. To, then, to have a SOC? A, a security operations center. Ah, yeah, okay. I was thinking like oh, sock on the doorknob. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do not disturb. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> frisky. So it takes all that information, compiles it, and then decides is this a threat, not a threat, and then it sends it to a person, and then that person can decide, you know, really analyze it and say, is this legitimate, not legitimate? But if you took all that data, just raw data coming in, it would take millions of people right. to analyze every bit of data to do that. Now, can you imagine how sophisticated your threat analysis can be based on just, and people suck at doing that because, right. you know, you go numb if you start looking at lines and lines of... Absolutely, very quickly, blah, too. Blah, blah, blah. And so, so that's the pro, right? The pro yeah. can go through a million records, or AI can go through a million records and be like, here's the five that you should care about. Correct, and yeah. then that five are get analyzed by a real person. Yeah. And then they push it, and if it's a false positive, they don't do anything with it. If it's not, then it gets sent up. But like I said, it's, it has the ability to cipher through thousands and thousands of records or millions of records yeah and not get fatigued and not make mistakes because i don't care anymore like <laughs> right it's, i'm gonna yeah. look at the next you know one million and one record right i don't care yeah <laughs> so i um, can do it quickly you can do it yeah, like a, quickly yeah. efficiently yeah. and it without mistake well everything has mistakes but less than a human mistake. yes yeah. the margin of error is far less than a person so right that's where the real advances are on those things that we just physically can't do. There's so much data ingested that there's no way so, people can do it. Okay, so I, and I know this sounds like it's gonna go down like a path, but like I've always heard we utilize like not even 10% of our brain's capacity. Fake. Right. That's fake or? That is fake. That's a percent, what's the percent? They don't oh, have, I'll, I'll fact check this. Yeah, go ahead. They, they, because like there was that movie Lucy. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw that where like, she's starting to able to access. No, I'm not saying that's real. I'm just simply saying, like, 
I don't know that all of a sudden I'd become magnetic because I can use more of my brain, but like it would make me wonder that like with our limited, so I always look at like AI can't, it's made by a person coded in a way or set up in a way where it starts to do what it's actually told consistently where we're inconsistent in what we do. Correct, but it's more than being told what to do. Well, right, but it's create, it's, it is a creation that man made. Correct. So it is actually set up like the similar to what the human brain is. So the more data points it has, the more accurate the decision can be made by the way it analyzes the data and produces results. But again, like my starting point is somebody had to set it up to be able to do that. So somebody's brain decided how to tell it to do it. Correct. That's where I come back to any sort of AI is like there has to be a human intervention at some point. Whether it's well, building the code, correct. But then, at what point does the code become? Now, I'm the code and I'm, build and, a new one. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm not arguing that like it can't be better at a simple task that we we do, because it's going to be not infallible. But when you set up like a code or a structure, and I don't know what I'm talking about, but I mean, I'm just assuming the way in my mind I'm Look envisioning good, it. Like <laughs> you're telling it, this is how you follow. When you get this response, this is what you do. It's going to do it every time. No, it doesn't. That's not how it works, though. But it does follow a pattern of like, it won't go outside of what, like it won't be wrong if it's following the path you set it up on. It doesn't, see that's the difference between AI and like a search engine. So search engine's just looking for keywords <clears throat> and right. relevant facts. Where AI is actually producing an answer based on what it has to look at. So then, Connect the dot for me because what I'm struggling with is somebody created it. How did it get to the point where it creates its own answers? Because it's set up the same way your brain is set up. You have a set of life experiences. But somebody set it up. Correct. But there's a certain point where the code yeah. is learning more and more. And I, I'm not arguing against the validity of it. I mean, even if you're just it's not a and watch, no, it's, it's watch the movies, like you know that like yeah. that has to, it's like, People that go back and say like Star Trek was like a joke and like how many things in Star Trek now exist? Except yeah, for phasers. They, they like yeah. it in no, the phone. Do, but like, yeah. Yeah, um, they phasers are like stun guns. Like Yeah. Yeah, like, so it's not But my point is like I agree that is the case. I'm just saying that like I just don't physically understand the path that goes from somebody's idea to now this thing can create its own answers. So it's not alive in air quotes. But it queries information and collates data the same way in your brain does. So it's not just saying, okay, here's 10 results, searching an index, and kicks back like Google search engine, where you get 500 websites right. that contain that information. This is actually taking data points that it has at its disposal and collates a answer to the question you gave it. So this is good. So for one, the fact check, some research says 65% of our brain, a couple research said 100% of our brain is used. I'm guessing, I didn't read the articles, but I'm guessing it means that like, yes, 100% of the brain is useful. We probably only access a portion of it. There's certain parts of the, certain parts of the brain that access more brain function right. at a certain time than others. Uh, right, one is mobility, one is thinking, and the rest is like, all right, you know, we'll figure it out, I don't know. Anyways, so that aside, fact check, done. 
my <laughs> I've always thought that my brain is very much like I, I think in data points which is not surprising given what I do and so I've said you that do believe we're in time. the matrix oh 100% no that's, a funny that's for a different episode never mind yeah yeah <laughs> I equate that so Brian to your question of like somebody built it and then eventually it's going to create like parents raised me and I got up a lot of experience knowledge etc whatever from them and like whatever books teaching learning etc and now I'm off on my own, so to speak, and I'm creating new memories and new yep, data points. That's how I was thinking of it too. And it's I have all these data points and like I have a high EQ, but it's because I have dedicated the memory and the research to each data point that has happened. And I like categorize it like an SEO or sorry, like a search engine rather, and then collate them together to say, this is the best answer to talk to this person who and just that's lost their job. Similar to what that is doing. It's yeah. the same. So the more data points it has the more information it has to collate and produce an answer. And I think the difference is that, like, how I've looked at it is, like, when and I'm making a search engine reference, which I also am not highly skilled on, but, okay, you're saying that it eventually it gets to the point where the more data points it gets, it's not that it can give you a longer answer, it can give you a better answer. Correct. I and think I think that's, that's yeah. what people, more, like, more you accurate. need to understand is that, like, it's not like, oh, I've got access to more data, so therefore I'm gonna give you more information. It's actually, no, you asked a question, I'm gonna scour all the data to give you the best answer possible. Correct. Yes. So yeah. that is, and it's including more data as that grows, gives it a better chance to give a better answer, but it doesn't necessarily change the best answer. No, and it's got. not guaranteed to be the right answer. Right. right. It's just what it thinks is best, the right answer. Best based off of the data. Because I've been known to not give the best answer sometimes too. You've rarely been known to give the best answer right at answer. all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Jack's like, eh, it's about 80% close. I'm like, oh, good enough for me too. Well, and see, there's the double-edged sword of that. If you only limit it to certain data, you can create a bias in the AI, where if it has total free range of You data, can't see my mind blowing up right yeah. now. Well, but you can create a bias. So if you only create certain data points for it to pull from, that's all it knows. Right. So you can create a bias in, in AI to have a predictable outcome uh, yeah. based on what you want it to. Right, so you can, going back to like the parent-child analogy, you can raise a child in a super rich neighborhood or a super poor neighborhood and then they will be skewed maybe not skewed is probably too strong of a word but like that is their mindset going forward and then in later years they'll either become richer or poor or whatever fall well their actions have to change their mindset correct right yeah right, right. if you were raised in a very religious household and weren't exposed to certain word. things yeah that's all you're going to see the world through is those experiences yeah and if you were raised in you know, a more well-rounded home. Not that's the other. Or a heathen bad. home. No, it sounded bad when I said it. I was kind of focusing on the, one of those. Homes. I'm just trying to help you. Like, just, let's put it on me now. No, it's just the like if you have an ultra narrow view of certain right. things, based on whatever politics, right. religion, whatever. And if it's ultra narrow, that's the only life experience you have through that filtered lens. Right. Right. And if you have more of a broad, you're going to have more of a broad. But even people, when you get to something new that you haven't done before, all bets are out how long it's going to take you to comprehend and process all the new information yeah, you're getting. It, it's a good The real life thing I could say that, that correlates that. And it's so when I got into the professional workforce, like after Pro college, Rodeo. Pro Rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> Pro Rodeo. <laughs> What's the AI do that? <laughs> 
Yeah, after AI I, uh, is after. <laughs> <laughs> so I got in there and I started. To, I just had a job that required some international travel. And I never traveled internationally. And so you have a very American perspective of the world. Like Russia's, I mean, growing up for me, Russia, the Soviet Union's bad, Russia's bad. Like, you know, like you have this view and then you get out in the world and it's like, huh, these other countries, like, I was just like, well, America's the greatest country on earth. I mean, pretty, much, yeah. every, pretty, yeah, pretty <laughs> much everybody else around the world's probably struggling. And then you get to these other countries and it's like, huh, it ain't so bad here. They're well, doing great. <laughs> you know, and I've asked that question to people because, like, I was talking to a German guy and he's like, oh, yeah, I did very well for myself, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what brought you here? He goes, there's just more opportunity. Well, and that is true. But my like my point with it is then when I got out, like my mindset had always been like, well, nothing good can happen anywhere else in the world but in America. Yeah. And then you get out and like you're like, wow, I really like how like Europeans eat meals and they have like seven courses and it's a whole thing. Like may not be what I would want to do every night, but like I can all of a sudden appreciate it. Never have once had that in the US. Right. Like and then you start to like see things differently and then now my mindset's totally different. I mean I love being in America. I love a lot about America, but it's like, I mean, there's some things we just don't do quite right, you know, and other people have really figured out. Do they have corn-fed steak in other countries? Not as much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not as much. And to be honest, steak is probably the worst example you could give because, like, here you can get, on average, a better steak at, like, the Outback or Texas Roadhouse than most of the really expensive restaurants elsewhere. Now, wow. I know I really said it. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, every time somebody comes over to visit, all they want to do is go have a steak. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so That's probably the number one request I've ever had from my international friends. Take me to a steakhouse. Get a steak. Yeah. yeah. Like, interesting. Yeah. Everything's grass. Take me to the sizzle. So it's interesting because, like, the more we're talking about this, the more it's, like, AI is being treated human. The more diverse the experience, the more all sides they can see, the more countries they visit, the more steak they eat like you know those equivalents in ai the better it becomes the smarter it becomes the best answer or the better of the best possible answers it gives which is very interesting correct so like i said the more rounded the data is the right. more correct the answer will be or not correct just the more realistic the answer will be to apply to all things where if right. you had a very narrow you know and that's what they're worried about is if you take and have a specific grudge against certain people, you can make it biased and it will make decisions based on that. Right. And it's no emotion, no nothing. It's just data, yeah. So just imagine you pure callous response. Well, imagine this. Imagine you had a AI court system Ooh. with a built-in bias. Yeah. Right. So then Do you think we could learn things from AI? Cuz like Absolutely, there's things that can be learned. Yeah. Because well, be yeah, because I mean inherently what it I mean, and I'm if you can convince me of this then you've done really well, but like I would think the answer is yes, because what where we lack focus and attention and an ability to drill down on things and we have tiredness and sleep, you know, like all of that causes us not to be able to necessarily get to that point. But like an AI, would, I mean, they'll just give it to you and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because like yeah. when we were messing around with it yesterday, like there were things popping up and I was like, you know, that that's actually right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's an answer. There's no emotion in it. There's no that's the thing. How I feel, and it doesn't consider it right or wrong. It's just the answer. It's what it is. Right. And that's it's a an intentionally emotionless answer. And you could also say, okay, that makes sense. Also, 
what's the data that's supporting that? So it's All like right. you get to question their background. So, so okay, because I know we, we don't have tons of time left. All of this, I think we've got great context on the power of it, but like, how is, what are the pros and cons? Like, how do we use it oh, in our right. lives and business? <laughs> like, I mean, but like, really, what does it mean to us? So the pros, I mean, from what I've read, my data points, my, uh, I would say that we have, the pros are you're going to get data analysis on a high level with very few mistakes and consistent results. Damn. <laughs> well, no, I mean, this is like... This no more dashboard. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's more data than people can deal with. Right. So yeah, 100%. Idea, yeah, it's just more data than what people can deal with. So on that level, you're dealing with data analysis. You have jobs that just aren't feasible to have people do. Right. The ability to compute and deal with problems on a computer level where it's so much faster. I mean, you watched how fast it typed a report. Typing right. it faster than they could read it. That, uh, absolutely. So it yeah. kicked out a 300-word essay faster than what you could read it. It kicked it out and literally typed it in. People that are going to get their uh, doctorates are like, 300-word essay? Like, <laughs> I'd love to only have to do that. Yeah, but so imagine you put 1,500 words or yeah, 2,000. Put 3,000, yeah. It would have it done in two minutes. Kicked out and you just correct it? I mean... Like, so the, there's real benefits to it and in those aspects. And like I said, the downfalls are going to be anything can be used for nefarious purposes. So if I were to if I were to generalize, and again, I fall back on I'm probably the person that like would be the one you'd want to convince, not the one that's going to convince people. But like I look at like what's gone on at like, like McDonald's, for example. One of the complaints they heard of all was like it's the opposite of Chick-fil-A. I come in, I go to place my order, the person at the register doesn't seem to care, you know, they mess it up and blah, 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 like it's all these things. And what is the first thing they did? Touch screen ordering when you walk in. They have somebody up at the register, but that person's there mostly to just hand you your food, not to ring you up. They can, because there's people that come in and still wanna get well, rung up. But like that change, to me is a change that is a business positive change. It may not be a people positive change, but it's a business positive change. And I think that like AI to me represents more of that. Well, it does in business. So yeah. that very scenario, it's not a political statement, it's just fact. You wanna get paid, oops, you wanna get paid 15, 20 bucks an hour for burgers and work at McDonald's? The threshold has just become super affordable to have machines and AI right. run the store and literally you have two people there to feed the machine. Or flip burgers, yeah. They don't even flip them, the machine does, they yeah. already have these machines. Yeah. It literally, you put a stack of patties in it, put all the condiments, everything in there, you put the kiosk in, it takes the order, it makes the burger, literally you take it, I See, think it even this, wraps. This is where it. I'm gonna have to draw a hard no on this. Like if all of a sudden we're gonna let machines feed us and that's the only way we get fed. But that threshold is there no, where it's, why wouldn't you buy the machine and take your workforce down to two? Machines never call out sick. They don't act like fools. You know what I mean? Product consistency. They, they, they don't hook up with the other machines. No. Twice. <laughs> no. So you don't have all those issues, and you just made it a very... How you doing? <laughs> you just made it a very kind of a feature that you would want to put in your business. Right. And, and now the threshold's there. Yeah, I well, could pay employees and deal with that, or and, I could just have this machine. And I think that's the part for business that, like... 
generally speaking, it's not going to be the mind of like the consultant or the mind of the CEO or the, it's not going to be those things that get no. eliminated. It's going to be the task oriented jobs. So like right. when you look at like your employee group, you've got like people that like are hired hands or like they're basically mercenaries in your business. Like they're there for a paycheck and that's it. They have no loyalty to you. All they're doing is a task. That's the first tier that you're going to outsource to the machines. Correct. I think a lot of it's new factory stuff that will be. Yeah. I don't see like a mechanic shop having AI to be able to take a car apart and do whatever it needs to do. I just don't see. Because there's so much variability correct. in how a car comes right. in. Exactly. I can see eventually, but right definitely now. not and near term. I could yeah. see all the diagnostic testing and stuff done yep. by AI, but I think you're right. Like when it boils down to it, somebody's going to unscrew the thing because it's going to be twisted on incorrectly. Correct. Or it's yeah. just not reachable. Right. And that's the other thing with like machine and stuff is it's set up to do what it's supposed to do best and that's be efficient. If it has to be efficient with something that's not correct, it's, it throws the whole system off. Correct. It becomes inefficient. Right. Yes. Okay. So that's where you have like Tesla and their Gigafactory. They can turn out a car from every day. It runs through and they have zero hands-on people. It, every bit of that Tesla is made on site. Everything shows is rolled steel, they're aluminum, and they literally press the fenders. Every part is pressed and made on site. That's pretty impressive. And they just kick out, and it's a machine that basically runs through every bit of it. All AI, all computer operated. There's people there to run the machines, you know, to make sure they don't attack each other. But right. other than that, I mean, and that's kind of, it's going to be the future of manufacturing. It's just, yeah. oh, that's, and it's that's been the, the future of manufacturing for a long time. It's right. just some manufacturing operations haven't adopted it. But. And I'd say even broadening past manufacturing back to like McDonald's and stuff like that, technology is always supposed to like raise the bar for the minimum. Like, it, you know, that could be the right phrasing, it might not be. But if the simple, very task oriented, very admittedly boring jobs are taken away, then like the next person that comes in does the job above that. And so you just keep kind of leveling up over time is at least the theory. So AI will potentially take out all of the silly, boring, useless jobs that people hate. Right. Lower skill jobs, but then you just get another skill and you're one Yeah, the, the it's, problem it's, is those people aren't going to level up with it. They, that's, I don't want to say that's their lot in life, but that's kind well, of what they've... Was it, so then you either gain the skills, you learn the AI, or you go to a different it's, industry that hasn't adopted it yet. So right? it's I don't a know. different revolution of when, like, back in the, like, 80s and 90s, when the mass output of manufacturing went to Asia. We moved things to Taiwan, to Japan, to China, and all of a sudden, we were no longer manufacturing anything in the U.S. But it's still, people, people got left behind, for sure. But, like, the system adapted to where, okay, now we're going to focus on technology and leading through different areas. And so those people that were coming up into the workforce, instead of learning how to be a shift manager at GM, they were studying how do I be like an IT professional or something that's going to be more relevant in the future. It is trade-offs. There will be people left behind, but it also creates just a new generation of people leading something that's different than we've seen before. And it's hard to think about that because we don't see it. Yeah, we went from manufacturing to service. Yeah. And from service, and, we're going to have to go and somewhere. And we're still, like the U.S. is still the largest economy in the world despite all that. So it's like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be 
like negative and harmful. No, it doesn't. It just forces change because the inevitability of it is it's arrived. I, and I think you said two keywords, new and different. Yeah. Not bad, not worse, not even well, better necessarily, but just And change new. is always met with fear first right. Right. before it's embraced. So Absolutely. All right, we probably got to wrap this sucker up, but... I mean, do you have AI to take us out, or do I have to... No, we don't have AI right. yet. Well, thanks again to the Fox and Hound in Burkdale for hosting. And all right, let's go. If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. Then I'd be-